The Athletic. Macintosh and welcome to the Football Manager Show sponsored by LiveScore. On today's show, the new queen of football manager Holly Percival joins us to discuss the extraordinary feat of winning the FM Streamer Showdown. And she only started playing this game six months ago. Honestly, in terms of shock factor, it makes Leicester winning the Premier League look like Bayern winning the Bundesliga. And speaking of Bayern... How would you like to manage them with Lothar Mateus at the heart of the team? Or maybe Manchester UFC with Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister at the back? Or Liverpool with Istvan Cosma? We're talking to the legendary mad scientist, creator of the brand new 9293 FM database that will take you all the way back to the days of CM1 and the angry man on the box. Plus... In Live Scores Legends of the Game, we pay tribute to one of the greatest goal scorers in history. But he couldn't do it in real life at Everton. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. But before all that, Holly Percival, how are you? Hello, I am. I'm great. I'm tired. I'm still quite overwhelmed by the uh, extraordinary events of the weekend but nonetheless I am good thank you Ian how are you I'm very good thank you for asking it's it's an extraordinary story because that's just to put all of this into context when did you play your first ever game of football manager oh it must have been what it must be November maybe not not too long after the game came out end of you've October been playing it six months you've, you've never played a, a prior version. No, never, never touched football manager in any rendition because uh, obviously working in football, I just didn't want that to bleed into my love for video games and the video games I was playing. So I just never really touched it. And I've also like stayed away from FIFA pretty much my whole life as well. But um, I think we had kind of chatted that I'd never played it, hadn't we? And I said, oh, maybe it'd be good to write about playing it for the first time and seeing what it's like. And it's just been a spiral since, hasn't it really? Yeah. Because what was supposed to happen was you were supposed to play it for the first time and then give us like a 2,000 word article that would be really fascinating on many levels. Like what what someone who really knows her football but doesn't know the game makes of it coming out first time. And, and also fascinating because everybody likes watching people lose at Football Manager, which mm-hmm. in fairness is, is what you did with Aston Villa. Then you had the temerity to say, can I write another one because I've just taken the whole job. Then you got whole promoted up to the Premier League. Um, and we, we are going to read about that later this week on The Athletic. Um, and then you enter the FM Streamer Showdown. Now, for for anyone who's never heard of the FM Streamer Showdown, this is this is basically the sort of top level of competitive multiplayer football manager, isn't it? Yes. So Dr. Benji um, on Twitch, as and that's kind of how he's known in the community. He started creating the the FM Streamer Showdown a few years ago, and has um, quite the team now behind him. Nerdphonic hosts the the uh, the lowdown for the showdown when it happens, and the I mean, first of all, the production for the whole thing is unbelievable. It is so well run. There is so much content, and it is continuing to grow every time I see it. I I've watched the the previous two. For the, for the first time since getting into Football Manager and basically they just pick nine people who stream Football Manager consistently and they feel are you know kind of the right fit to compete in, an, in a nine 
in a nine manager competition and I was fortunate enough for Ben to ask me about two months ago so we had been in the pipeline for quite some time and we decided to keep it a secret because um, I was, was going to be announced as the first female to ever compete in the showdown so it was I felt very lucky and very privileged and it, it's just been yeah a whirlwind since to be honest. Some of the names who've been on, uh, who, who were on on this weekend's competition, you're talking like Zealand, who's one of the best YouTubers out there. Um, mm-hmm. There's RDF Tactics, who's been on this show several times. He's absolutely brilliant. I mean, this is a really, really high level. That I, I will be completely honest, I would be scared to go on and get in, involved because you know I struggled just against the AI. Um, <laughs> the format of the tournament was was funny, wasn't it? It was like one day of, of round robin. And then you, I, I remember talking to you on Friday and you were saying, I just don't want to come bottom. Yes. Yeah, so for those who have never watched it before, um, the format is uh, the pool is announced on kind of um, the Sunday evening, the weekend prior. And then on the Wednesday, normally uh, the draft happens. And, and obviously you kind of draft your team through that, through draft mode. And obviously that's quite intense because you're you're fighting against eight other people for the players you want. And it can definitely make it tricky. And it definitely was. It was the first time I really drafted a team. It was the first time I drafted a team in a competitive environment. And then on the Saturday, you, you you do a round robin and obviously you get a league standing base off of that. And like you mentioned, I just did not want to come in the bottom two because on the Sunday, uh, the bottom two play an elimination game and you're not allowed to stream unless you're out of that. So for Dr. Benji, unfortunately, on the Sunday, he, he lost that elimination game and, and didn't stream and you know, had to watch from the sidelines, unfortunately, on that Sunday night when all the when all the fun stuff was happening. But um, yeah, I, I definitely exceeded expectations on that Saturday. I, I can totally identify with like doing all the work to put something together and then getting <laughs> dumped on my ass straight away. That happens in every poker night I ever host. Um, so with this draft, uh, who were you? Who were your key signings? So my first pick was Vlahovic, and for those who watched on the Sunday, he uh, he really showed up. The Saturday he was slightly lacklustre, but we managed to still come second. We were very you know clinical with the chances we had and managed to somehow finish second. But on the Sunday, Vlahovic really stepped up. So him being my first pick was was extremely beneficial. Um, the other key players that I picked that were pivotal were, were David De Gea, who we are, we will now know him as Sir David De Gea. I knighted him <laughs> after the semi-final legs because he was just unbelievable. Like nothing was fine in the back of the net with him in, in goal. Other key players, uh, Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, James Ward-Prowse, I believe was my second pick. And obviously that was kind of pivotal with the set pieces. And obviously for those who play football manager, set pieces are quite a big deal in this rendition. So to have him on my starting 11 was uh, was clinical, or key, sorry, to, to how clinical we were. Uh, and Declan Rice and Don Belay, my back four were uh, Regalon, Gomez, Fafana and Kieran Trippier. Nice. Nice. I tell you, uh, in the uh, TIFO football manager draft last year, James Ward-Prowse was the very first pick. Alex yes. Stewart got first pick and he chose him. And no one said that's a stupid first pick. Everyone howled in rage because we all wanted him. Um, so you've done very well there. Um, I'm really fascinated by the, the tactics. I love the, the notion of, of multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have your tactical plan that had worked for you elsewhere on the game and just stick to it or did you did you sort of scout the opposition and 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 change accordingly 
So I, I knew, and this is kind of how, um, for those who, who know Lelujo Kev in, in the community, this is how kind of Halujo was was formed because I knew going into the draft, I wanted to draft a team that was versatile. It could be adapted into two or three formations and having a look around at, at the players available within the pool, I felt like a 4-3-3 formation would allow me to have versatile players that could potentially adapt into a 4-4-2 and a 4-2-4, depending on if we were trying to hold out a win or or chase a, a draw or chase a win. And so that was ultimately my, my game plan going into the into the draft and, and kind of picking a formation. Obviously, recently I, I changed my whole formation from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-3-3. So I I started to get a little bit of experience with it, but still wasn't quite finding how to make it click. And it's quite funny because now that the kind of tactical aspects I used on the weekend for the showdown, I've already bought across to my whole save because it's for some reason things I was just missing with whole worked so well in the showdown. So I've now bought those across. Essentially, it was four three three, and I to be honest, I thought I was going to have to change that quite frequently based on who I was playing. Um, because obviously everyone is playing a different formation, a different game plan. They're using players differently. But for some reason, less was more for me and not changing my formation much helped and uh, kind of just let the players do what they needed to do and then assess things if they went wrong. The only time I changed formation was when I went down to 10 men and I was absolutely bricking it because I had no idea how to counteract 11 players when I only had 10. But for some reason it worked because I won my game with 10 men. So... Less was genuinely less was more for me, which I didn't think would be the best thing. But less was more was not the policy you used in other aspects, uh, was it? Because there was a fair amount of mind games and glitter and all sorts <laughs> of stuff going on. Yeah, I I thought let's go let's go big here. Let's let's show people how excited you are to be in the showdown as the first female. And even if you get knocked out, hey, you'll have you'll have entertained the people. So I I did buy enough party poppers to last the whole weekend in case I went on a massive run of good form and I I not I genuinely didn't think I'd win I really really didn't I just got enough confetti just in case and I mean I'm still (laughs) cleaning it up today it's everywhere it's still everywhere in the house I think we'll be finding it for months um but essentially I did a a party popper a confetti popper for every win and then I had two huge ones that we did when I won the final which was just pure chaos. Dane in my housemate, who also works at the Athletic, she she was unbelievable. She was the best hype man a, a girl could ask for, and it, it was it was a ton of fun. So if you haven't seen those, you should definitely. There's a lot of clips on on Twitter of of us celebrating. Um, but I also Jack worked the space. He sent me a cake with his face on it as a bit of a mind game for after we played against each other. For those who who know who know us, we're really really good mates. Um, he's been one of the best people at welcoming in me into the football manager community. So as a bit of a mind game, he sent me a cake with his face on and a balloon with his face on. But um, that balloon will be going today. That balloon will not be staying in my living room anymore. It's haunting me, if anything. Um, and I sent him a shirt back with with my face on it that says that all he got for playing me on football manager was this t-shirt so um a lot of mind games and then i did something to dr benji as well i bought some of his merch that said it's a party atmosphere and wore that when i beat him as well so it's all it's all good <laughs> jokes and funs of game yeah it's <laughs> they're two of my closest friends in the community and i i honestly value them so so much and i'm so grateful to ben and, and everyone involved in the showdown for having me on like i said the production of it is is unbelievable for it being just a passion project and um, to kind of play those mind games and, and have that fun with, with those people just, you know, made the weekend even more special for me. It's absolutely fantastic. It really is just such an incredible achievement. I think everyone here's 
delighted for you. You've been on the show quite a few times now and also absolutely made up that you uh, you gave your winnings to the Calm Zone, which is a fantastic cause um, that, that you should definitely have a look at. Um, I guess final question is, is what now? When, where do we see you next? When do you defend your crown? It's a good question. So um, I'm going to be continuing to stream my whole save. Obviously, you can also read about it on The Athletic. We're doing a piece later this week on an update and where the, where I'm at with the chaos of Hull in the Premier League. Um, so you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash hollyplays with two eyes in holly and plays. Or you can just keep up to date on my Twitter um, as to kind of what's happening. In terms of the showdown, it happens at the end of each month. So hopefully it will be at the end of, of, of April as well. And of course, the kind of rule is if you win, you need you kind of need to come back to re- defend your title. And I, I will definitely be doing that because I'm assuming Kev will be in the next one, having been on the lowdown for the month just gone. And my, my ultimate game plan is to beat Kev. He is the only one that I see as a threat right now. And I am determined to beat him so that it's not Holujo anymore. It, it's, it's just Holly plays. It's just me. Holly two times. That is Holly Percival beginning her quest for global dominance of football manager after just six months. That's the kind of thing you can only salute. Uh, Holly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Ian. It's more than a score with live score. Legends of the game. So what's all this about then? Well, we have Live Score, which I'm certain you've all downloaded for free from the App Store or Google Play. You get the latest action stats and analysis from around the world. Because we know with football, it goes beyond scores. It's the stories from the pitch and the stands. Players and fans all spinning their own strands of the mighty football web that links us all together. And there's no better way to twang that web than by playing Football Manager. And because we've been doing it for so many years, I've made a few memories. So welcome to Legends of the Game. We went all the way back to CM1 last week for Don Hutchison. We're only taking a little leap forward today, but it's a big difference in perception. You see, if you were a legend on the original, well, some people knew you. But if you were a legend on CM2, when Clive Tildesley was doing his incongruous captured Gulf War pilot commentary, you were a legend in real life. None more so than Ibrahim Abakayoko. What a player he was. You'd snap him up from Montpellier, stick him up front, and just watch the goals roll in. He was rapid. He was ruthless. You could play him as a number 10, but his passing wasn't really good enough for that. You just wanted him as an out-and-out front man, because he would very quickly develop into a -a 30-goal-a-season striker, and word soon got around. And when Everton signed him in real life for four and a half million, the schoolyards of the sceptred isle were abuzz with anticipation because this was our moment. This was our data revolution. The proper football men had never heard of him. The newspaper boys didn't know what to expect, but we did. Uh, we thought we did. Sadly, Bakayoko flopped. He only managed four goals in eight months at Goodison Park and frequently looked like a fish out of water. Walter Smith got nearly all of his money back the following summer by shipping him off to Marseille for four million. But the fans remembered his efforts, and when he returned in 2007 with Larissa, one of four Greek clubs on his CV, he was given an extremely warm reception by the Everton faithful. So that's nice. His career could best be described as peripatetic. He played over 100 games for Marseille and then began a quick-fire tour of Europe, taking in six clubs in six years and eventually retiring at club number 13 in 2014. 
He runs a school in Ivory Coast now, and his nephew, Ryan Bakayoko, which is the most old-school CM regen name I have ever heard, he's apparently a target for Brighton and Hove Albion, so who knows? Maybe the next-gen Bakayoko can succeed where version 1.0 fell short. That was It's More Than a Score with Live Score Legends of the Game. You can get real time updates and results, match highlights and breaking news from around the football world on the Live Score app, and it's completely free. So just search for it on the App Store or Google Play now. I am absolutely delighted that we are joined this week by one of my favourite people in the FM community. Um, please welcome the mad scientist. How are you, sir? Oh, Ian, that is very nice of you to say. Very kind of you. Thank you. I'm very good. It's amazing that you're very good, given the the sheer weight of work that you must have put into your latest project. Now, for anyone who's a relatively new listener or doesn't doesn't follow me on Twitter, um, there are all sorts of funny little mods that you can get to enhance your enjoyment of Football Manager, including a number of people who make databases of, of some sort or another. Now, most of these are quite small and quite limited, but then there's this guy who sits for about six months every year and recreates a a golden season in football history. The latest, we've spent a lot of time talking about the 2001-2002 game, which is one of my favourite incarnations of of, of this series of video games. Um, And now there's there's another special one for me. It's 92-93, which is, of course, uh, Championship Manager 1. Mr. Scientist, how long does this take you in in like in hours is this just something you drop into every evening or is this it's a lot of data it is for sure and i'm pretty tired right now but uh, i'm uh, i'm very dedicated to these uh, projects and um, i would say i dedicate myself as you said for six months that is what uh, in my opinion it takes to to build a database like this playable with several nations and stuff and uh, it's, it's kind of scary, actually, after the six months, uh, I can see in the Steam workshop how many hours I've been in the FM editor. And that is pretty, st- uh, pretty scary stuff. How, how many hours? How many hours is it? This year, it's more than 2,000 hours. Good from, God. Uh, from the release <laughs> of FM22 in November to, uh, to now. And that's approximately 12 to 14 hours a day. And this isn't the first one you've done, is it? You've done quite a few of these. Yeah, especially the last three ones been been this this comprehensive, uh, taking six months of work. And like, what what's the process of it? Do you just sort of start at the top of the table, um, which in nineteen ninety two would have been Leeds United, and then just create the players one by one, or is there any easier way of doing it than that? Well, I got a, a sort of a system uh, over the years. Uh, I start by actually clearing the database from all the staff profiles and player profiles who weren't active back in the day, and that is more than 300 to 400,000 player profiles and staff profiles. That can take a week to delete those profiles. Just looking at the computer deleting all those takes lots of time. But after that, I, I start to build the, the different leagues. For an example, the English Premier League had 22 teams in that very first Premier League season. And in Italy, they had uh, 18 teams in the top tier instead of 20. So uh, I uh, relegate and promote teams so they look like they, they did in 1992. And then I start to create and add players for the different teams. 
And the the level of detail is extraordinary. I mean, I was I was testing this out yesterday by being England manager, which meant that you know I had a legitimate reason to go and watch a load of uh, AI games. And uh, it was Chelsea Manchester United, and I noticed to my absolute delight that Chelsea were playing in that strange blue shirt with uh, sort of yellow underbelly um, <laughs> that they had at that time. So it's it's that attention to detail which is is absolutely extraordinary. Um, I guess the question that everyone listening to this is 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 wanting me to ask now is, why do you do this? Yeah, I I've, I've been asked this question uh, over the last couple of days uh, more and more often, and actually I I don't know really, but it, it must come down to I'm a huge nostalgic, and I just enjoy the editing phase as mad as as it sounds because it's a huge grind, but I really, really love it. Uh, for the recent year, the recent years, I actually more more loved being in the editor than playing the game. It's 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 <laughs> it's becoming an uh, an sickness in some kind of form. I I really I've I've felt for you a couple of times recently when I've I've posted screenshots of some of my favourite players and and a few people have gone whoa hang on I'm not having that he he can't have free <laughs> kicks at that and you think the man has just edited hundreds and thousands of data cells. <laughs> Um, there, there is a way around this, and I, I think it's also part of the fun because uh, you know there there are things that I look at, like our, our dearly beloved international manager Gareth Southgate, who seems to have got a very rough end of the deal. I'm not sure if he's rubbed you up the wrong way, um, <laughs> but you you can you can very easily get the in-game editor. It's five pound ninety nine, and, um, and and you can just quickly dart in and change things if you don't think they're um, they're up to scratch. But I'm I'm absolutely with you. There was something delightful yesterday, not just of sitting at my desk watching as I say Manchester United Chelsea and Leeds against Arsenal but but when people came around as, as they often do in this office and they sort of peer over the screen just to hear someone go Mel Sterland what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brilliant Canton are still at Leeds when you finish it I'm, I'm presuming I'm hoping that you you know have a drink and relax and then you come in and you play your own game but of this of this season what what's the team that you really want to take on yeah we're getting closer to me getting some playing time in fm22 i haven't even played 1 minute of fm22 <laughs> yet and it will be with this database so i'm looking very much forward to it and as you said with some of the attributes earlier it's a huge responsibility I believe so. I really try to listen to people, and of course, I use all the old Championship Manager and Football Manager games for references, according to the to add to the attributes. Uh, and and to your question, uh, which team I would like to start with was that, was that the question? Yes. Yes, I got it right. I have two projects uh, I, I I want to start with immediately. For one, my my favorite team actually since '91 is Parma in Italy. And this oh, was in the early days of Parma. They had the heyday in the mid and late 90s. So this was in the beginning, so it will be a project. And then I, I, I can't look at the Sevilla team in Spain without wanting to start a save with them. It's, they are a mid-table team in Spain at, the, at this time, but they had Diego Maradona, Davos Suco, and Diego Simeone at the team. That's enough for me to start a save with them. Absolutely. I mean, I that that was one of the hardest things for me was trying to figure out a starting point, um, and I I went with my old sort of CM gut, and I think the the first great big save I ever had on this 
um, on, on this long legacy of games was with Graham Souness's Liverpool, who at the time oh, wow. were, were briefly in in danger of relegation, which was absolutely <laughs> unheard of. Um, and there were players who had come in that that just hadn't worked, and players that had gone out that that really probably shouldn't have left. And um, I think that feels like a great starting point of whether or not you can turn back the tide of history and keep them at the top. But there's there's so many. There's it's uh, Nottingham Forest's relegation mm. season under Brian mm. Clough. Um, you've got the uh, the the sort of back end of the George Graham Arsenal team. Um, exactly, and also Ian a team Ryan. like uh, a team like Blackburn was really interesting because they just got promoted and they had that twenty uh, one year old Alan Shearer up top. Yep. Yep. And and of course the the England job because this is shortly after Graham Taylor's England are knocked out of the European Championships in the group stage. Um Gary Lineker subbed off against Sweden and, and you look at the squad and you think, God, there's there's a lot of really, really good players. And you have to remember Taylor was terribly, terribly unlucky with injuries and, and other things. But yeah, picking an England team out of that lot is really hard. I can imagine, absolutely. Um, is there are there any players that that are the the ones you just desperately want to play with? Oh, there's so many. That's what's happening in the building phase of a database like this. When I create a player I've forgotten about, uh, I just relive his uh, his past in some kind of way. There's so many projects coming into mind with different teams and stuff. So many players I want to try in this database. But for sure, some of the big ones like Roberto Baggio, he's he's probably one of the the top three players, he is one of the top three players in this database. I will, would really like to, pri- uh, to try him and also a player like John Barnes. Um, oh, yeah. That would be wonderful to try him. And I enjoyed your last episode where you talked about Big Don Hutchison. He, uh, his attributes on the old championship manager games was uh, magnificent. It was incredible, wasn't it? Don yeah. Hutchison was basically the best English footballer on <laughs> on the first CM. It was extraordinary. Um, but no, I'm I'm right there with you. If if anyone is is like practically salivating at, at all of all of this discussion, where can they find it? Oh, it's so it's out right now. You can find it in the in the Steam Workshop, and uh, it's also been released as a direct download links. All the download links are available in my pinned post and my pinned tweets all around my socials so uh, yeah go and, go and get it and it's not difficult to do is it it's not like the old days where it's really fiddly and you have to pull things from one file to another it's really nice and simple um, and honestly can't recommend it enough uh, it's even worth just getting it now for that period sort of around about the end of the season where you don't really want to start any new games and you know that uh, FM 23 is on its way uh, and it's such a great little palette cleanser thing to carry you over between games uh, can't recommend it enough the mad scientist i'm so happy you joined us thank you so much thank you for having me ian the football manager show is sponsored by live score but it's made by The Athletic. And if you've never subscribed before, you can pay a visit to theathletic.com forward slash fmpod and find a very special deal. It's just £1 a month for six months for new subscribers. That's cheaper than a pint in some pubs. It's definitely cheaper than a pint and a bag of crisps in most pubs. So go to theathletic.com forward slash fmpod today and then go to the pub because you can read it while you're eating your crisps. 
it is time for your letters. Uh, you know by now how to contact me. It's imacintosh at theathletic.com or occasionally when I can stand the burning dumpster fire, I'll be on Twitter at Ian underscore games. Had one of the best emails uh, that we've had in, in, in the, the whole run of this show uh, from Oz Powell's. Uh, he said, over the COVID lockdown, some friends and I did various activities over Zoom to keep in touch, quizzes, football manager, link up, all the rest. And then I set about writing a choose your own adventure where my pals could assume the role of a football manager who had applied for a small club for a laugh, only to actually be offered the job. Uh, he says he created on a website which facilitates this kind of nonsense. Friends took turns in reading the story out as it came up with the accents and everything. Uh, he chose Fort William uh, as their status as a meme club meant that there'd be a recognisable enough name, but small enough to be believable. He says he spent months writing this thing, looking up the names of staff and players and places, even the name of what would be the nearest local chippy in Fort William, journey times for away games, everything. It took ages, was great fun. Um, and he sent me a link and I, I bound it on there. And it was, you know, when you click on something and you think, oh, God, that's the rest of the day gone, isn't it? Uh, because it's so well written. It's really genuinely funny. I can't recommend it enough. So if you are on Twitter... Um, then just search my timeline and it is up there, uh, he says, as he gradually tries to build time uh, so that he can find the actual link to it. No, just go on Twitter. Um, it, you'll, you'll find it on there. It's really, really great. So thank you so much, Oz, for sending that in. He's just got on to Twitter as well. This is the first time that he's, he's had this Twitter account, so best to go over and uh, help him build up some followers because he is at O-Z-P-O-W-L-E-S, at OzPowls. So get on there and give him a follow because that is brilliant. And apparently uh, there's more stuff in the works. Uh, got a few messages on Derby this week. Uh, John Franson, uh, he didn't quite make it. He didn't survive the first season, but he's got a golden generation. He's got £8 million. He's looking to bounce straight back from League One. I'd say, on balance, only about 50% of people who got relegated have bounced back. Quite a lot got fired. Quite a lot actually just didn't come back anyway after that entirely miserable first season. Uh, Tom McGregor came back. He is in deep. He sent me a great email. He's uh, put a lot of his success down to six foot five centre-back Ross Sykes from Accrington. Uh, well worth checking out if you're on this Derby County Challenge. Uh, he's gone on to be a massive hit, Player of the Year in the Championship. Now, Tom didn't get relegated in the first season and he has been challenging for the playoffs. And now uh, he sent me this very, very recently. He's in the League Cup semi-final in his second season after knocking out Manchester United. That is outstanding work. Uh, Sean Black, uh, also with outstanding work, survived the first season, made the playoffs, spent the week before the playoff final doing that big match preparation training module that, that I was talking about on here, got to the 121st minute, feeling pretty smug, waiting for the penalties for which his team had practised. And then Liam Delap, his on-loan striker, bounces up and scores in the last gasp. He's now got 35 million quid to spend in the Premier League. So well done, Sean Black. Uh, elsewhere on football manager-related stuff on The Athletic, Ben Fisher uh, says, congratulations for your cup win with Newcastle. He's doing a Newcastle save of his own. He says, having listened to all of your podcasts and read all of your athletic articles, if I've learned nothing else, then it's that the near post corner routine is the holy grail. You just won the FA Cup with it. And yet, although I think I've implemented as you suggested, 
it's not working. He's, he's only scored the, the odd header. So he goes on to list all the things he's doing, which is, of course, if your centre-backs are big centre-backs, which they probably should be, you have them both at the near post. Then you send a decoy to the, uh, to the far post in the hope that man markers will go there. You have a short option um, again, in the hope that you'll drag a man marker and clear a bit of space in the box, and then you put it in at the near post. The only thing that he hasn't mentioned is every fortnight doing a bit of attacking set-piece training, which can act as a, a bit of a multiplier to this. But apart from that, I can only conclude, Ben Fisher, that you are the unluckiest man in the world, or that you've used up all of your luck somewhere else in your life, because I think these things balanced themselves out over the course of your entire existence. Uh, I realise that's not the help you were looking for, but that's all I've got to cling to. Matt Walker, long-time listener, second-time writer, has played 800 hours plus of every football manager since 2011 and says still seems to pick up something useful each week on the pod. So that's marvellous. We were talking about players who have been taken through the leagues He's got Diego Di Girolamo or Girolamo. Uh, he joined the Vanarama Northern Conference Stockport County side on a free in the first season. Uh, to this day, he's still the only player who has scored goals in the Northern Conference, the Conference Leagues 1 2, the Championship, the Premier League, the FA Trophy, the League Cup, the FA Cup, the Europa League, and the Champions League. Jeez, uh, Matt Walker is having the save of a lifetime over there. Uh, Ian Webb is a new arrival. Uh, writes and says, I stumbled across FM in October, which is about the same time Holly Percival stumbled over across FM and look what happened to her. Anyway, became immediately intrigued with the level of detail the game has to offer, found this podcast and listened to every episode available, uh, became obsessed with Zealand's helpful tutorials. By the time he received FM 22 on Christmas morning, he was ready. Now get this, like Ian Webb starts a project like no one else starts a project. He uses a mod to set up like 11 tiers of football clubs. He takes over Wakefield AFC, which makes him, I think, our third listener to manage Wakefield on, on some level or another. And he says everything started out great, got promoted back-to-back uh, in his first three seasons, found himself in the seventh tier, stalled a little bit, but now he's in 2038 and he finds himself with Wakefield in League Two, having finally made it out of non-league football. He says the best part of all this is that his wife is actually very supportive of all this. And she loves hearing me update her on my save most nights before bed because it helps her fall asleep quickly. Ian, she is a keeper. And that was the Football Manager Show, sponsored by LiveScore. Your guests today were the Mozart to my Salieri, Holly Percival, and the mad scientist himself. Your producer, in the absence of Steve, was Charlie Jones from the Totally Football Show, and I used to be Ian McIntosh. The Athletic.